Here we go. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay! Yeah! What up, everybody? It's your boy, B-Rob, and I am back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcast. Um, if you're a new listener, uh, you picked a good and somewhat of a somber episode to tune in on. Um, reason being, uh, today, as I record this on a Sunday, it is Mother's Day. And um, Friday morning, I got the news that my grandmother passed away. Um, I'm all right at the moment, but um, it just kind of sucks about the timing and everything with Mother's Day and everything this weekend. And um, yeah, I found out Friday morning, uh, as soon as I got off of work that day, um, I drove down to Louisiana to be with my mom and um, the family. And um, just kind of to celebrate Mother's Day and, you know, just kind of bond together after what happened. Um, it's been coming for a long time. My grandmother was almost 100 years old. She lived a long, long life. And it's weird right now. It's just like, I'm all the way here in Houston. I mean, it's not far, probably about two hours, two and a half hours away. And, you know, before it happened on Friday, you know, all the kids, because we were all planning to go down to Louisiana this weekend, all my mama kids. And um, that was one of the things, you know, grandmother's still here. So we was going to go see her for Mother's Day. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm OK right now, you know. And everything we we've, we've been planning on this day. Everything is already set up. The date is already set to go. I mean, everybody will be there. But you know, it's it's finally happened. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just weird because like now she's not there. You know, but anyway, that's kind of the reason why this episode is late. I kind of debated on not doing it, but, you know, I'm kind of back in my old format and everything. So I, I hope you don't think me talking right now <laughs> is like my guest is on the line right now. And he's like, oh, shit, I just found this out. <laughs> no, nah, um, I, I, I had a whole bunch of voicemails from Hoppy. Um, and, you know, anybody that contributes anything to the show in any kind of way, I want to give them they do. So. I did it this way this time, you know, because I wanted to give Hoppy his airplay and everything. Like I said, he took his time out to send in stories and share with me and you all on the show weekly. And, you know, I consider him a part of this show. And, you know, I did my format this way. And then this happened on Friday. And now I'm talking about it here. And, <laughs> but anyway, um, Speaking of my guest, uh, my guest this week is Brian King. Um, for those of you who do not know him, he is a detective on a new Showtime series called The Shy. And um, it got picked up from season for season two, uh, from what I can recall. And um, I was able and, you know, 
blessed enough to have him on the show. You know, I got to talk with this guy for about an hour, which you'll hear here shortly. And just speaking with the guy and everything, I, I, I even told him at the end of the um, conversation that I liked him. I like him a lot. He just genuinely seems like a cool person, you know. Um, we have a lot of relatable things that we speak about in the interview and everything. And um, I'm not going to hold you too much longer. I'm going to let you go ahead and dive into that. But um, all those stories, all that um, voicemail stuff that I was talking about, after the interview, Hoppy has a lot to tell you. So I think he got like three stories, which equates to like maybe six voicemails. So it's probably going to be a story per two voicemails, anything. But it won't be that long. So stick around after the interview. Um, I won't have any closing words. So I'm going to go ahead and um, finish that out now. Because if you want to follow me on Twitter, you know how to do it. You can do it at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling, any other general shenanigans, that's the way you do it. Also, the show, this show, the one that you're listening to now has a Twitter account and you can follow it at 3R Show. So um, keep up to date with the show and everything. Uh, You can go to randomrobcast.com and um, you can find different ways to help support the show and make it grow. Um, There's Amazon links, Amazon wish list. If you want to donate equipment to uh, the show, keep it afloat. Um, merchandise. Um, you can also become a patron through uh, Podbean, like uh, Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, and King Ajar. <laughs> so whenever I get with Ajar and I learn the correct pronunciation of his last name, then I'll say his name if he so has me to or whatever. That sounded weird when I said that. If he if he wants me to divulge his actual name, I will do so. But yeah. Um, interview is cool we talk a little bit of Infinity War um, I don't recall if we talk spoilers per se but it's two weeks out man if you haven't seen this damn movie Black Panther is out on Blu-ray already so get with the times you need to go and see Infinity War I might go see it tomorrow get my mind off things but enjoy the interview stay tuned after for some wisdom and storytelling by Hoppy Rogers who's masterful at it and um I'll see you next time cool yeah um so what I typically do with my guests I'm I'm always trying to be upfront and honest because I mean we as humans we we deserve that much you know so right um I got your contact info for my former guests of my show and um so I just mm-hmm. I just reached out now prior to this uh haven't heard of your day of my life. Um, so, you know, we corresponded through email and everything. I mean, obviously you were there. You were talking to me. So um, right. I looked you up on IMDb because um, uh, what you told me when you gave me the information was um, you were doing work on the uh, TV series for Showtime, The Shy. So, Correct. Yeah. I have not in the time, you know, leading up to this because I've been super busy with work and everything, had a chance to look at that and I didn't want to go about it in nefarious ways to try to acquire it <laughs> so I can uh right. watch it but I mean okay. like I'm saying full disclosure typically when I do these mm-hmm. shows anyway I don't do the research regardless so I mean this is just a fun conversation between you and me man <laughs> okay cool Yeah, so I try to steer away from all that typical 
crap that you hear on regular interviews and everything. Oh, where this starting? How that ended? And yeah, it says here that you did this. I mean, anybody can freaking read, right? Yeah. But um, what I want to ask you is, I mean, was this, you know, what you wanted to do as a child? Or is this just something that you happened upon? Uh, acting is what acting is what you're referencing, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I think acting uh, was something from uh, a young age that I uh, found interesting and I think wanted to do and for some reason always thought that I would uh, end up doing it. I don't know. You know, there were times when I was, wasn't even pursuing it growing up or like, you know, just hanging out with the dudes, uh, with boys playing basketball or whatever. And like, I didn't, wasn't even doing it, but I knew I was going to end up doing it. So <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, that, that, yeah, I think it's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. Um, me personally, I mean, I grew up in a military household. You know, my father um, was retired military. I have brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and nieces and nephews. All of them um, have been at some point in time a part of the military. So, I mean, it was pretty much kind of the same thing for me. It's like I knew it was probably something that I was going to do. But, you know, even though, you know, as a child, I thought about it. But, you know, between being a child and actually growing up and graduating and going do the thing it was just like it wasn't, you know, determined. That's what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to have something to do with it eventually. Yeah. I think it's more who you are. Uh, it's more part of who you are, uh, than basically what you do in the end, you end up being doing it, but it's more of who you are than what you do, I guess, in the end, I'd say. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's some kind of form of a emulation or whatever. Cause like, I mean, my father was in the military, so I mean, I kind of, it kind of, you know, had some kind of allure to me because, you know, he did it, you know, and I look up to my father. So, like, when it comes toward uh, you and acting anything, was anybody in your family an actor or anything like that? Or was it just, you know, just a natural curiosity? I think, uh, I think it's similar. My dad, my parents are both very uh, outgoing people and they were both uh, really like, uh, enjoyed the entertainment uh, industry, but I say that they love TV and movies, but my dad was always the life of the party. And I think that, um, he was always the guy that was making everyone laugh. Um, if I visit him at work, he was the guy that everyone, you know, he was making everyone laugh at a party. He was the guy making laugh. He was a natural born entertainer and uh, he pursued acting, I think for a little bit, like at the end of high school. But, um, you know, he ended up becoming an electrician and said back in the day, it was a little, harder to pursue your dreams, you know, and I don't think it was, uh, you know, making money was a little bit more of a, uh, a tangible career. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just like, like you said about your father, it's just like, you know, you see that and you see the joy he brought people. And I would just like, was wanted to do that in whatever way. And I think that when you look at, you know, professions, I think acting entertainment is the kind of the way you can do that for a living. Now, um, you know, I think my dream, my dream was always to, my dream still is to walk in or walk into a, a meeting or, you know, watch my dad. My dad worked at city hall in Chicago. And when he would bring us to work, the way he walked around city hall, was just like so mesmerizing how many people he knew when he walked in the elevator or this room or that he took us, you know, showed us off me and my brother, and my sister, the way that people reacted to him was just something that you still strive for. 
Yeah, and that's that's great because I mean it was similar with my dad too because you know he long retired from the military and uh, he was still working. He worked many a places. He uh, worked at the um, chemical plant back in my hometown. Then he um, left from there. I think he retired because my father's old. My dad is uh, 86 now. And I'm 36. So, yeah, there's, there's a big gap there with. Um, yeah. Because he had me. Well, yeah. he didn't have me. My mama had me, of course. But um, <laughs> he was 50 already. And my mom was turning 40 when she was pregnant with me. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a gap. Yeah. But that's different. You know, that that's a different. That to me, that's like you probably have something most people don't like, you know, in a different kind of relationship for the good, you know? Yeah, because it's like, you know, growing up as a kid, I was kind of like not really forced to, but I was uh, subjected to a lot of the older style of music and, you know, blues and then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other classics and everything. And like, I still prefer a lot of that more to, you know, was currently out. But, um, oh, yeah. Once my father got out of the military, he stopped working at the plant. He uh, was working at a housing development over there as a handyman. And it was pretty much like how you were saying about your poppy. Every time we would go somewhere, they would call him Sarge because <laughs> he was in the military. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, Sarge, what's up? And they'd call me Little Sarge or Little Rob or whatever. And it's just crazy. Right. It's like, and then I can remember being a little bit older and like I would get in trouble. He was like, ain't you Sarge, son? And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's when it backfires right yeah yeah and then you know we grew yeah. up in a small town so it was just like i had his old car so if it wasn't him driving it it was me driving it so they know who it was <laughs> mm-hmm. right right now being an actor and everything um I know you look at, you know, movies and film a different kind of way because, I mean, that's some of the things you do. I mean, being an actor, does it spoil movies for you? Like, I just went to see Infinity War a couple of days ago when it came out, and that was freaking mind-blowing to me. And it's just like, I don't know too much about the comics, but I know all about the cinematic universe from what I've seen over the past 10 years. Now, you being an actor and everything, when you go see Infinity War or some other movie like that, I mean, does it... Like, are you nitpicking or are you just sitting there and actually enjoying the movie? Uh, well, I think, excuse me, I think it's different because uh, for me, I don't watch a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. or uh, and movies. And when I do, uh, it's stuff that is, uh, you know, Marvel's Daredevil or Westworld or things that aren't that are more fantastical and more of like my child, you know, my childhood, like fun stuff. And I think that's because if I watch anything that's straight up acting, drama, crime, whatever, I'm watching it too specifically. And it's not as enjoyable because I'm watching the performances and the choices and the, and, and the creative choices made. And it's, it's hard, but I'm a big dork and a nerd. So I like, you know, I went and saw Infinity Wars for the second time yesterday. And, uh, I enjoy those so much better because I kind of turn off that part of my brain and it's pure spectacle and I'm still watching those things, but they're so good. And so, you know, or, you know, they're, they're 99% good. Um, but I enjoy that so much better, but it's hard to watch things because that's your job. I mean, a lot of times you don't audition, like I audition for a lot of things, so I don't want to watch it. If someone else is in it, that (laughs) did, I didn't get the part or 
friends of mine are in it, which is like great. I'll watch my friends shows. Um, but still you watch your friends stuff with a different kind of eye because they all want to talk about it later. Like, what'd you think? And it's like, it was great. Uh, but I don't think this is working or that's working mm-hmm. with this story and stuff like that. But the, as far as the like infinity wars and those movies, those are the things I really enjoy that I I'm there like 9am in the morning. It comes out mm-hmm. and like really just sitting back and, uh, I, I look at it like it's like a, like a, 55 pound Snickers bar. I'm just going to eat for two and a half hours. Uh, and like really sink my teeth into and do not care what's going to happen at, after I'm done. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy that stuff. We're going to circle back around to infinity war because I've seen it only once and I've been dying to talk to somebody about it. But, um, when it, when it comes to, um, films, like you were saying, um, other than, you know, watching things, your friends may have done and anything, uh, do you watch, um, movies like as a case study for maybe a role that you're doing? Um, like for research? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like with the shy, like with my character there, he was kind of a, uh, he was a, he's a detective that kind of has like, um, he has some different ways of looking at things that aren't exactly right. He's not exactly a good person. So I went back and watched, um, the only, I'll go and watch some things to reference and see characters, things that I'm like, oh, well, this reminds me of this, or this actor did that really well in this movie. And I'll go there and just kind of watch him um, just to see if there's anything to grab there, just not like steal from his performance, but like, wow, what he really did was do this, and that was really great. So maybe I can just like take that kind of almost like visual advice of like, oh, he played it pretty straight, or that guy leaned into it too much, and that, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do that. So... There's times I'll do that once in a while, but uh, a lot of the times I, and, and to go back to the kind of the last question too, with both those questions is I don't, if I watch something a lot, I tend to like completely rip it off. So like, yeah. I remember like when the office was on, I watched the office all the time and I'm pretty, pretty sure that during that time of my career, I was auditioning a lot and doing a, a lot of Michael <laughs> Scott, like <laughs> uh, performances in those auditions, just because it's so good. And it's just like, you know, you do, you are inspired by everybody's performances and things that you see. But I think for me, I kind of stay away from things because I know I'll borrow from them too much sometimes. But yeah, I look at it like sports too. You got to like go do your homework and watch tape and do all that stuff and create a character, whether it's from real people that you read about or like things that inspired you in the past, you know? Yeah. And I find myself doing that too. I mean, most commonly is just like, I love Dave Chappelle. I've always loved Dave Chappelle from like before the Chappelle show when he did that B movie Half Baked, when he did that um yeah. that uh, companion role in the movie Screwed, and you know some of his stand up and all that stuff. I mean, I I tracked him most of his career, and it, I can just um, hear myself kind of you know not intentionally imitate him, but it's just like it's always there sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you're hanging out with your buddies and something's popular and you're all watching it, you're constantly referencing it and constantly, it's influencing your humor in that moment with your friends. And that's kind of the same thing. You know, when you're watching something, it's influencing you day to day in a great way for the long run. But sometimes in that moment, it's just a little too like rippy off me. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you, when you was, um, talking a little while ago about, um, your character on the shy and everything mm-hmm. um when you said he looks at things differently it's like it, his, his his way of um you know detecting or being a detective is um his methods are uh, unorthodox is what you're saying 
yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's, he's more physical and less patient and understanding about, I think, or, you know, empathetic. And, uh, like there's two detectives on the show, myself and my, my character. And then Armando Riesco, who plays Cruz and he were very, you know, two, two different sides of the coin where Good I'm a little more physical up. and less empathetic. And he's very, you know, very caring and doing things by the book. And, uh, I think that's kind of what that means yes, without like, giving too much away. Yeah, it's like the proverbial good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cause, totally. um, another guy that I forget what, um, show it was. I know it was like, um, might've been one of them CSIs or SVUs or some shit, but the guy, cause you talked about um, daredevil and everything. Guy that played the kingpin. Hmm. Oh yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he was on one of them detective shows or whatever. And um, oh yeah, he was on yeah forever. He was uh, what was it? He was on something SVU. I think it was something. I don't know. Like, he, but I like his character because like anytime he would like pick up on something or he catch somebody in a lie or something, he like always turn his head to the side and he would like blink or something. My wife pointed that shit out to me. His <laughs> <laughs> tell. Yeah, it, but um. Now, you know, now let's, let's circle back a little bit. Let me rewind the tape. Let's talk about Infinity War, man. Because I've been, I've been ready to get somebody to talk with, talk to about it or whatever. Um, opening scene. I mean, we could talk spoilers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's been out a week, so it's shame on you if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> stop listening now. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't stop listening. Just like maybe turn well, don't it, stop listening now. <laughs> yeah, just, just turn it down. Maybe go do something and check back in. But <laughs> I need the analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pause. Um, opening scenes. Three people die right off the bat. Just like mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And I was just like, I wasn't ready for that. How about you? How did you feel about that? <laughs> Well, I think I knew coming into the movie, we people are going to die, right? Like I already yeah. like made my, 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 in my mind, I came to grips with some people dying who didn't die yeah. at all. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, I think they had to do that out of the gates cause they had to set the tone, right? Yeah. Like so we had to know that people were expendable right away. So I thought that was really interesting. I think, uh, uh, who, who, there's only two, right? Who's the third one? Well, that was later on, not in so much the opening scene, but um. How, okay, 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 yeah, 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 got you, got you, yeah. Because like, total, what, the question is: Is Loki really gone? I, I he he done. They ain't they ain't no way. I think he, so too. Yeah, they ain't no way he hologram that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's done too. Yeah, because like I, I I was keeping count in sixteen total character deaths out of the sixteen. Oh, wow. Uh, three of them, them, three of them motherfuckers is dead. They ain't coming back. <laughs> Every, everybody, everybody else that ashed out and floated away is questionable. But uh, so, so then you think the first three are the ones that, that aren't coming back? Yeah, they dead, dead. I, I had, I said four at first. Um, with um, the fourth one would have been um, what's his name? Had stone in his head, vision. Because oh, I, I say yeah. that's questionable because I mean he's a cybernetic based organism. He, they made him with computers and shit, so they probably downloaded him somewhere and they can upload him into something else later on. So yeah, I kind of but three of them are dead for sure. Loki is dead. Heim Heimnor yeah. is dead. Idris Elba. Yeah. 
and Gamora is dead. I, well, I heard, and I they the, the filmmakers said that you know Gamora is gone, but she is in the Soul Stone. Ah, so I think that opened up a little door. But I know she she has to go shoot Avatar like two, three, four, and five. So yeah. I don't know when. I thought that was part of the reason, but yeah, she she could be. She could if they like get all the stones back and give them back to their righteous places, or you know. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that that one was the one I didn't see coming. Yeah, I, I did not either. I, I, and then later on, you know, before they even got to that point, to when they went to um, nowhere and they tried to uh, stop Thanos before he got there and got, I think it was the Reality Stone from the Collector. Um, I, I thought Mantis and um, Drax ate it right there. I thought that was the end of them right there. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I didn't think that. Because like, the problem is, I read a great article the other day. Is that you know back in the eighties uh, when there was Empire Strikes Back and these movies that we grew up on came out, like we didn't have the internet. We didn't know that like there was. We didn't know if there was going to be a third Star Wars. We didn't know if there were sequels. We didn't know that, that this actor had a three picture deal or they're in the they're in the process of this universe they're making. Like we didn't know that. So like when Han Solo was frozen and we thought he was dead and it was gone. But now we know that, I mean, we're coming off black Panther, like the biggest superhero movie ever. There's no way he's gone. Yeah. And then Spider-Man's in the middle of making Spider-Man two guards, of the galaxy are making, you know, guardians three. So it's like Dr. Strange has only one movie. Like that was my only thing where I was like, Oh, this is amazing. But like, it was a little too obvious how they split them down the middle. Yeah. It's just, so, I mean, but that Black Panther towed me up inside. I was like, oh, he just got a movie. <laughs> what yeah, exactly. But you know he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was just, it was just, it, it got me. And I can tell you what, it's oh, just yeah. like, Marvel, the way they do things, they, they, they pace this movie, they set this movie up, it's like, your emotions is all over the place watching two and a half hours of this movie. And then, you know, Marvis, 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 not Marvis. He's another, that's another, that's a DC character, I think. Um, Marvel, they are notorious for the end credit scenes, you know, because it pieces, you know, is another piece of the story. They put you through this emotional roller coaster. I said this on another show. And damn, they made you sit through all those credits with your fucked up ass feelings <laughs> and the somber ass music in the credits until you got yeah. all the way to the end to that end credit. <laughs> yeah. They made and then you they sit. give you that. Yeah, they made you sit with the reality that all these people are gone. <laughs> yeah. That's actually I like that thing. Like I like that if they're doing that mind game. Yeah. I just realized the other day I was like after seeing yesterday, I'm like, they do that I think too, so you sit and appreciate everyone who worked on the movie yeah, it's like in, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like uh how they do on um uh talking dead after the, um, the walking dead goes off and they do the in memoriam <laughs> show off. oh no do they do that? oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but you it, watch uh, is that a good show you, you don't watch the walking dead or talking dead no nah, no i don't watch it yeah i don't, yeah, I don't watch much TV. yeah i forgot <laughs> you, you did say that so but um I'm, yeah. as far as the walking dead goes i've been watching that since season one and you know it's just more of a um, you know tradition type thing now. Um, I like Negan; the, he's the main bad guy in the current season, mm-hmm. and I think he's probably been the best um, villain throughout the whole what eight nine seasons that they've been rolling. 
So Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um cool. Yeah, but um uh, man. Um after seeing this, how excited are you for the next installment of the Avengers? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we only saw half the movie. I just can't believe it's like a year away. Like usually it's like, I feel like it's like three or six months, but like, I can't believe I got to go through a whole other winter before I see what happens in this movie. But it's going to be like, if they did this, this well, I, the, the second half is going to be yeah, and they fantastic. Billions of dollars. I, I just billions of dollars. I don't, I, I, I mean, I get it, but I just like, I don't understand. It's just like, there's so much freaking money. I can't comprehend like how they do this. They start, they have with like a $230 million budget and they come back and make billions off of that. And for- yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a lesson in patience, you know, like in, in, in not just in uh, movie making, but like in general, I think, I think everybody, as soon as they want to make some money, try to make money as fast as they can when the long play of what they've done has made them what they are and like made them better at what they do. But I think in life in general, we all want the quick reward, quick, awesome. Mm-hmm. But they've been playing this for 10 years. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's why that's the success. Like they're patient with it. And like when everyone's trying to push them and do whatever, then just like, no, we got this. We're going to do this. I mean that's what's all messed up about the DC universe, but <laughs> yeah. there are movies in ge- and movies in general. To be honest with you, but yeah, they 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 have two good hits so far. DC, um, Wonder Woman, and The Dark Knight. I mean, and then oh yeah, I, but I believe so far as the you know the current iteration of DC movies, Wonder Woman is probably the best one they get. They did a Wonder Woman, uh, yeah. Yeah, they did a damn good job on that movie. I like Man of Steel. I haven't revisited it. I seen, you know, when it first came out, I seen like a portion of it, but not. I never sat from beginning to end with that movie. I have it here in my collection. I just got it recently because I'm trying to get all the Marvel and the DC movies together, but um, I haven't sat down with it. I love it. I'm also biased because I'm in it, but like, (laughs) yeah, I seen that. Hint, hint, uh, wink, wink. yeah, it really is, but it really is. I really like that movie. Like every time it's on, I watch it, and that's just like the extra credit bonus that I'm in it at like a certain point. But like, I think that one, that one's good. And the Dark Knight trilogy, the first two are great. The third one is complete and utter crap. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Wonder Woman, yeah, and I think Aquaman will be really good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Jason Momoa as Aquaman? I think he's going to be great. I think that Justice League movie was crap, but uh, I think those guys are all like well cast, and I think I think that Aquaman movie is going to be cooler than everyone thinks. Like I don't, I think that thing's going to like really surprise a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I read some things about it. Who's who's seen some stuff from it? Like, yeah, they have to yeah, because I, I can sit here and say it's going to suck all day, but I know damn well I'm going to go see it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, problem with me is I'm so optimistic about these movies, and they shit on me every time. Yeah, like the DC movies, and it sucks. No. And then the Marvel movies come out, and they're amazing, and you're just like, God, dang it. Speaking of Marvel-ish movies, uh, what do you think about that uh, Venom movie that's coming out? I'll be honest with you, I don't. I think it. You know, I'll see it for sure, and like be excited about it, but. To me, that that Venom didn't look too much different than the Venom from the Tobey Maguire movie. 
Yeah. I love Tom Hardy. I think he'll be badass, but like that trailer does nothing for me. <laughs> exactly. I was just about to bring that up. I wanted to see what you was going to say first, but like I think it was just like cut awkwardly and they just they just picked the wrong scenes for that trailer cuz like sometimes when he talking his you know his voice is it sounds like he's a little mentally slow. And it just it, yeah. it doesn't sound quite right. I I follow people is is my job and you suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I I didn't I, yeah, there's something about him that's cool but it, yeah, I just didn't I don't know. I don't know enough about Venom to think that like that he deserves a whole movie like that. That I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't know too much comic book wise, but just like um, remembering watching the old um, Spider Man, the animated series yeah. on uh, Fox back in the, oh, okay. like, like, yeah. the X Men series on Fox. You know, watching all those or whatever. Venom was a a bad guy. He was a bad mo- mofo, and um, yeah. I believe, you know, just based on, you know, his um uh freaking his web of uh he got his own series of comic books. He got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of por- portions to where he the bad guy, then he turned around and become the good guy. He jumped from different hosts and everything. So he has um enough material to make, you know, a compelling argument for a good movie. But Yeah, um, I mean once once I see Carnage, then I think I'll be yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. If you could put the, the symbiote on an actor. Who, who is that going to be? Who is going to be your carnage? Oh, my God. Well, I, did you hear who it is? I heard Nicholas Cage. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what I heard. Oh, no, it's not him. Okay, please tell me. Tell me somebody uh-huh. good. It's, it's, it's Woody Harrelson. Well, yeah, I guess. That's not uh, too bad. Woody Harrelson is one of our best character actors today. He's in everything, yeah. but to a fault. Yeah. That's not too bad. Cause he, he surprised me. In um that uh war the planet of the apes, I didn't think he can be that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think he could be that mean of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, he was good in that. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then I just most I haven't watched it yet, but um I'm gonna revisit it here pretty soon. I just got Natural Born Killers. Oh wow, yeah. So I I, I want to watch that again. But he 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 has like I don't know he's changed a lot in recent years like as far as you know the roles that he's been playing and everything like that mm-hmm. I mean I, I think it's for the better it's, it's nothing bad about it I still remember no he's truly he's truly one of our best character actors I mean he was Woody is that what you're gonna say um well, white, white man can't jump uh oh yeah yeah kingpin <laughs> oh kingpin yeah I love that movie this shit is so fucking funny <laughs> Oh yeah, he can, he he can do both all that stuff. He was, I mean, he was in that Three Billboards movie. He's in uh, he was in uh, Old Country for No Man. He's in the Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Shit, he's great. Yeah, I don't know, but like, all right, that's who they gonna put it on. But like, who would you pick though? As Carnage. Yeah. And that's tough. Uh. Mm, Sam Rockwell would be pretty cool. Uh, That's not bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. that Nick Cage would be pretty funny and pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Shoot, after this week, Childish Gambino can be anybody. Yeah. Or, uh, Donald Glover, man. Jesus. 
You sure can. Did you? Do you are you in the music? Are you? Are you, yeah, yeah. I saw. I, I watched it like six billion times. Oh, that. So that new video that just came out. The new video, yeah, and that song is great. Yeah, I showed it to my the wife yesterday. I showed it to my wife yesterday, and she's like, "I really like this." <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it makes you feel a certain something. I don't know. And that's what I think art should do. Like, it makes you just feel a little bit different in a great way. And yeah, and that was really cool. Yeah, and I get kind of what he was doing because, like, I watched the video before I heard. I, when I first heard the song is when I watched the video. So I seen the video when I first hearing this and everything, and I'm seeing what's going on. I'm hearing the you know the beat, the instruments, and everything, and the you know the stuff he's saying. You know, visually seeing the video and hearing what's going with it, I get what he was going for. But like to just hear it without the video, I think is like a totally different effect. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because like yeah. I looked up the words, just the lyrics to it, and then I was just like, this is pretty repetitive. You know, it's just like not so much in no content here, but it's just the way the video was executed. You know, it kind of paints a bigger picture to what he was actually trying to do. Absolutely. Totally agree. It, it, it's great. Yeah. He's a talented dude, man. Yeah, he is. He does everything. He's a writer. He's a director. Yeah. He's show, a- his show is awesome. He had the Deadpool cartoon he was doing before they parted ways. I mean, the guy... He's in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, he make, makes music. I mean, he's just badass. Yeah, because, I mean, there was a point in time to where he was kind of campaigning to be Miles Morales. Yeah, oh, for sure. That'd be, that'd be I think he's the voice of him in something, isn't he? Uh, he's in something. Something like that. I know they're coming out with the new animated series, not series, uh, but movie that's coming out, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Because it's going to just go through the whole universe, all the different Spider-Mans and everything. And it's... Yes. So, like, Great. so from Infinity War all the way next year to Infinity War, I think we only getting, what, maybe two Marvel movies in between? We get, we get Ant-Man and Wasp, and then we get Captain Marvel. But then we get Deadpool in a couple weeks, which is different, but yeah. still something. Now you but we see, only get with from them uh, and uh, and uh, Marvel. Now, see what you was talking about earlier, how they slowly crafted this over ten years and everything to make this one big, uh, well, two part event that we're going to get here. Yeah. And um, what do you think about um the Disney Fox and all that other stuff, the merger and everything? How they starting to acquire some of all uh, these other different franchises? You was talking about patience and everything. Now that this is going down and everything, all I hear on the internet, all I hear people talking about is like, cram the X-Men in there. Throw this guy in there. Put the yeah. Fantastic Four in there. Yeah. I mean, are you with it or yeah. are you against it? I, I mean, I'm all for I mean, I think they all need to go back to Marvel because they're just going to make badass movies. But like, I think there's something to like making that deal. I think the element of surprise is something that no one d- uses anymore in entertainment mm-hmm. that like, you know, the, the end of Batman begins. No, you had no idea that Joker card was going to get flipped and you were like, what? Yeah. And you left there like, what? That like, you know, get the fantastic four and then have them show up in infinity wars to save the day. They don't need to. And then like, that's how you introduce them, but don't tell anybody about it. You know? Uh, and then the Fox stuff, like, yeah, I mean, like, because the, they're Fox, but like the, the X-Men stuff, like, I don't know, that's a tough one because 
you know, how, what do they do? Do they start over with those or like, I don't know. I want it back in, in Marvel's hands because then everybody's going to be in everybody's movies and it's going to be great. And hey, we're, we're getting old. I want to yeah. see all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it in my lifetime. Um, cause yeah. like, I, I'm down with it, but my whole thing was like, I mean, they still trying to wrap all that stuff up on the other end because what they got the Dark Phoenix movie that's coming out. And then yeah. um, I think they got a New Mutants movie that they're doing. Then they got yeah, the, that looks great. Yeah, then they got the. I think I think they're I think they had to reshoot on both those movies. I think they're doing that because I think they have to. I think it's because of the Marvel merger thing. Yeah, I think they're making it look like they're going back and just switching stuff, but I think it's because they're like, here's how we're going to set this all up. I, I hope so. I really do. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to them just like scrapping everything and just like starting fresh with all that. Because I mean, you know, you just, oh for sure. Unless they throw gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of money at Hugh Jackman, he ain't coming back to play Wolverine. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I want to see like a different kind of. I mean, like they did that version of Wolverine. Now, like let's like just make a badass Wolverine that's younger and like let's, let's tell that story. Yeah, and that's kind of what they've been doing. They've been casting like these younger guys and everything to kind of carry on, that, yeah. so they can kind of grow into the role. Right. Except Wolverine. Except Wolverine. He, he, but I mean, he's hundreds of years old. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks great, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he looks man. great for being a hundred years old. I mean, I shit. I'm thirty six years old, and I don't look that good. <laughs> Oh man, I'm 41 and I look that good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got the pork chop beard though. So see, I, and I envy you because damn, I can't grow no facial hair because of my job. Oh, uh, see, I had to, I grew my facial hair for my job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, got the best of both worlds. You can have facial hair and you get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, well, for years I didn't shave because of my because I never worked. I mean, like I worked because I had a clean shaven face. So the parts I would get where you know because i was clean shaven so i grew a beard for the shy and then they loved it and kept it and then during that time i continued to book all this great work so i don't think my beard's gonna go anywhere for a while which is also like really i've been doing this for how long and the beard really makes this huge difference that's crazy i don't know see i don't know see there you go if you're a young male inspiring actor or whatever start yeah. growing a beard now <laughs> don't shave yeah there you go. That's my great advice. Yeah, because it's easier to what take it off than it is to put on, I guess. There you go. Because if you got a full beard, they can just kind of trim it in a certain way. But, I mean, yep. to put on a beard, damn, that's going to take time. Yeah, they, you can't, they can't tell you to go to the bathroom and just grow it out yeah. for the next 10 minutes. I know. And then you're going to wind up on jackass and have people gluing pubes <laughs> to your face. <laughs> That's funny. I used to love that show. Movie show. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville got another movie coming out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be any good, though, but it's very jackassy. You got some of the um, jackass mm-hmm. crew in there. Okay. As long as it says jazz, jackass on the poster, I'll see it, but if not, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, but it's uh, it's called Action Point. It's pretty much an adult. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Adult camp, they just go around messing stuff up. <laughs> yeah, I read about that. Seen, not too bad. Yeah, I seen them get blasting um, the genitals with a water cannon, so. <laughs> 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 I 
Very jack- <laughs> That's very, yeah. Very jackass-ish. That's funny. Yeah, right. Now, as far as, um, you know, actors and everything, um, there are starting to be people who kind of transcend the acting realm and just pretty much become themselves in every movie. Um, my um, examples are Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart in every movie that Kevin Hart is in. The Rock. The Rock is The Rock in every movie that The Rock is in. Right. Um, who else is that you can put in that category? Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, Vince Vaughn. Uh, what? Owen Wilson? Um, Owen Wilson. Oh, Owen Wilson, yeah. Uh, Jack Black sometimes. Uh, but I, I will say I will defend everybody in the sense that they do the same thing. It's really hard to be them. It's hard to be yourself on camera. It's harder to be yourself on camera than you think. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, so yeah, I just, uh, Jenny McCarthy, that's another one or not Jenny, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Hey, see, I'm, I'm glad you did that because, uh, not too long ago we, uh, I was on another show and we was doing, um, like you ever heard of the, the fantasy league thing for the movies? You know how they do that? No. No, 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 no. Pretty much we um we do like a draft style picks of um movies for a certain quarter. So three months worth of movies and um you know, we each get to pick X amount draft style. And whatever um combination of movies that we pick, whoever has the most gross and box office total, that's who wins. Oh, okay. So Melissa McCarthy's movie, I forget the name of it, I think it was Overboard or something like that, that's coming out was amongst the list. Uh-huh. And I seen her name Uh-oh. up there. Said Melissa McCarthy, and the whole time I was looking at this shit, I was like, "Jenny McCarthy making a whole new movie." So I was thinking it was Jenny McCarthy too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot Jenny. Jenny McCarthy's from Chicago. Oh. Yeah, that's funny. Is she gonna do a cameo on the shy? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one will work out. Now, now, what is that um that atmosphere like on that set? You know, just all the uh, range of actors and everything. Because, like, when I look at the casting list or whatever, um, a lot of African Americans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the story we're telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's the South Side of Chicago uh, is a specific community that's really you know been talked about in you know recent years because of all the murders and and deaths and violence and uh you know the our, our story is letting you into that world and letting you know there's like some crazy number of like 600 or four or 500 you know in the last year you know murders you know gun violence in that that part of the city uh on the south side of chicago and our story is about one of those deaths and how it kind of like affects the community and that ripple effect um uh, throughout a neighborhood and uh you know, that specific neighborhood yeah. uh, is about that. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the cast, the cast is unbelievable. And, you know, there's a lot of storylines on our show. So you're kind of, you know, put into your silo of actors and, and storylines. So you don't get to work with everybody. But, you know, the, it was a, it, we kind of like shot on the down low in Chicago last summer. Um so it was really nice and intimate and really great. And 
we had an amazing crew and some amazing directors and great showrunner and Elwood Reed and Lena Waithe and Common at the, at the, at, you know, at the uh, controls. And it was really great, man. And really chill. And, you know, I've done a lot of things, but it was really what I think you, you, you aim to do, especially when you get scripts and you're telling a story like ours, that's really well, well created and told and means something. And it's trying to, inform the world of something so uh it was really great man cool. really proud of it because i'm looking you know at, at some of the reviews is like seven out of ten seven point three out of ten eighty five eighty five percent on rotten tomatoes i mean so mm. that's freaking amazing and you know i'm looking forward more to seeing it uh just so much because you're in it not so much because <laughs> i don't care about common i care about you <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's good. If you like good storytelling, which it sounds like you do, uh, I think you really like it. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm going to probably get to seven. Good music. I'm going to probably get the seven-day free trial of Showtime so I can binge it real quick and then I cancel it. <laughs> oh, hey, dude, I didn't have Showtime until I was on the show. So, uh, But yeah, it's worth it. I, I'm usually like weird about, you know, I'm not a person that wants to shove my one you know, most of the time you do things you're like, yeah, I did that. Like, where is it? You're like, well, you know, it's great. I've been fade off, but I think this is really well done Good. and it's important. Good. Now I see here that you have a producer writer credit here for a, a <laughs> short called pizza night. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, that's a little short film I made, uh, that I wrote, uh, years and years ago. And uh, I had to, uh, I was going out to LA to have some meetings with some um, agents a couple of years ago. And instead of having like, you know, all the little, all the things that I've done on TV shows that I'm like, you know, cool. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that I really wanted to show my, my chops in. And uh, I decided to make uh, a couple things. And that was one of the things I made. I just wanted to make the scene that took place in a restaurant with this this guy and his parents. That was a scene in a larger movie I wrote years ago that never we never made, but I always loved that scene. So when it came time to making something, I pulled that scene back out and I go, I think it's time to make this. So I, uh, you know, asked some friends of mine, uh, some guys that, uh, production company that I'm good friends with, that these guys make some great stuff and ask these like actors that I've always been fans of in Chicago and, um, we got together and we, we made this, uh, and then it came out and it came out so great that it was its own short film basically. And, uh, it was like a happy accident that it was basically this four minute film that has a beginning, middle and end. And we submitted it to all these film festivals and we got into a bunch of film festivals and got to travel to Las Vegas and Nashville. And, uh, we actually uh, had our Chicago screening a week ago, Tuesday. That's so, uh, it's really, yeah, it was a really great experience. It's nice when you go, you make something, you screen it and then afterwards people come up to you and they give you compliments or, you know, it affected them. And it's just usually you're the actor in that thing that happened as opposed to the person who like, yeah, we made this together. So it's a really cool experience. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Now you said that was a pretty much a snippet from a larger story, correct? Yeah. So yeah. what, what happened to the rest of the story? What, I mean, how did we get here in the pizza parlor? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was uh, something that it was like the first movie script I ever wrote. Um, 
years and years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to work in advertising, and I was a writer. Uh, and it was something, the script I was working on on the side, and then just never kind of picked it up because I didn't know really what I was doing. I just wrote a script, and then uh, it just is something that I always thought was solid. And uh, that faded away, and luckily I still remember that scene for all these years because I was super proud of it. So it ended up coming back into my life. Like I, I, that stuff happens for a reason. And I don't know why or how, but I believe in it. <laughs> so I didn't think I'd be sitting here in 2018 talking about that back in 2003. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, pretty cool. I mean, what was the inspiration behind it? Whenever you did write it, it was just like, you want to try to write something or it was just like something you was just kind of holding in your head or whatever. Yeah, you just decided to put yeah, it in the paper. I think, uh, I think you, yeah, I think it was like at the time I wanted to write something and, you know, uh, I think I was probably, you know, I think you always write what you know. So it's kind of like reflective of my life at the time. The, the specific pizza nights about this dinner, this guy, um, this guy has this 36 year old guy who has, uh, with his parents every year. Uh, it's an annual pizza night that he has with his two parents and I won't ruin it for you, but, uh, it's pretty funny why they're there and, uh, why it's annual. And, uh, I think when you watch it, you see where it comes from and kind of the things that like, I wasn't trying to speak for me. I was just talking about, you know, uh, it was about, it's about my family and it's about love. It's about that kind of thing. But okay. I'm more proud that we got to do it. Like most short films, people get a little indulgent with, and they're usually seven to 37 minutes long. And that's sometimes not, that's a lit, that's not really a short. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so I was really proud that our movies like between four and five minutes long and it's short. <laughs> sure. Now yeah. it has, um, since then has anything else popped up into your head or has anything just been festering up there that you want to put down on paper? Yeah. I mean, after when I, when we finished that up, which was like a lot of the fall 2016, um, I picked up a, another script that I started writing back like nine years ago, uh, that has similar themes and ideas, uh, about family. And I would use pizza night to pitch as the tone and, um, ideas of that film to get the money to make it. And then I was really, really, really deep into it as of last March. And then, uh, I booked the shy. So that kind of, became my life and that kind of fell to the wayside and uh as of last week i was maybe going to pick it back up with a friend of mine so we'll see what happens maybe 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 we'll make it in the next two years maybe maybe not maybe it'll inspire something else <laughs> yeah you never know yeah never know maybe i'll write in infinity wars part four what? Hey, I'm, I'm down with that where everyone dies, like everyone. <laughs> hey, 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 spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> we just talked about this. I mean, you got to play it close to yeah, your chest. It'll be a four-minute film where everyone dies. it <laughs> <laughs> would be like opening credits, blow, yep. end credits. Yep. And then you, yep. It'll be just a teaser. Exactly. You should just damn make a four-minute like actual scene movie, and then you have 20 minutes of credits, and then you have like a 22nd in scene credit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I'll do it reverse. Innovation. There you go. That's, awesome. That's how we move forward into the future with the movie techniques there and everything. Go. There you go. 
Oh, man. Before we wrap on up. Yep. Usually um, what I ask anybody that has any profession, you know, like you're doing acting, writing, producing and everything. Um, I have fellow podcasters on here. I have people that make music, you know, a wide assortment of uh, people that come through this uh, show here. Um, what I like to ask them before they ride off into the sunset is like, where do they see themselves in two years? Uh, uh, or where would you like to be in two years? Um, I would like to be, uh, I would like to just uh, continue to work. Uh, I continue to build on what happened the year before. Um, you know, Things are really great right now. I can, I'm just so lucky and blessed for everything to be like going where they are. And I just hope they continue to just, you know, next step, next step, next step. So, you know, two years from now, be on a couple TV shows, you know, have a few movies coming out, maybe have a movie in the process of making. As long as creatively um, I'm moving forward and learning and getting better and hopefully as a person too. Uh, in two years, I hope that, uh, I, I, I can look back a couple steps at where I am now and hopefully I'm up a couple steps whatever that means doesn't necessarily mean you know I gotta be in Infinity Wars but <laughs> I can be on a Marvel show <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you definitely could they're making they're turning them things out by the thousands <laughs> yeah oh, believe me that's on my list but yeah well I mean the, the short time that I've spent with you this evening sir I can tell you that you're I like you a lot, and you know I wish you nothing but the best in um, everything that you do here moving forward. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that, and same to you. Yeah. Same to you, my friend. Continue, continue to uh, do your thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, as it is for anybody that's ever been on this show, doors always open. You can come back anytime if you got any uh, projects you want to plug and put out there, or anything, or you just want to come back, talk some old Infinity Wars or Marvel or whatever. We can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we might have to come back and talk about the, the sequel to it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Man, it's a date. Matter of fact, this is what we do. You got, if you got an iPhone or whatever, we'll, we'll go to the movies at the same time and we can FaceTime each other and watch it together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's about the nerdiest, dorkiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Awesome, <laughs> that's great. All right, well, I mean, All right, man. That's it. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on social media or for anything else that you would like people to contact yeah. you for. Uh, I think the best place uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. At uh, I got a little bit of a weird handle, but uh, Brian King. My handle is at the son of Bozo. Uh, okay. At the son of Bozo, and uh, that's probably the best place. I'm on Twitter, B King fifty at B King fifteen, uh, but I, I'm more um, annoying and fun on Instagram. If I'm typing it in right now, oh, I found it <laughs> and followed. <laughs> All right. Man, once again, awesome. thank you for your time. I appreciate you uh, sitting down with me, and um, I'll see you next time, man. Yeah, it's great talking to you, Rob. Good luck to you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. All right, dude. Hi, hi. I had to call this in. I had to call this in. Uh, it's Hoppy, everybody. So I got a redneck buddy named Rob B., okay? 
uh, I know it's fucked up, but, you know, that's just the way the world works, uh, matrix glitches and stuff. Well, anyways, the Knob Creek machine gun shoot was uh, two weekends ago. <clears throat> and when we he we was there, he asked me, do, do I think it's possible to build a jetpack using downward firing machine guns, like for real in real life? And I'm like, you know what? Maybe. So we went and talked to these scientists. And, you know, I was sort of surprised to find that the answer is yes. But to really do it right, you're going to have to talk to the Russians. So the principle here is pretty simple. If you fire a bullet forward, the recoil pushes you back. So if you fire downward, the recoil should push you up. So the first question we have to answer is, can a gun even lift its own weight? So if a machine gun weighs like 10 pounds but produces only 8 pounds of recoil when firing, that motherfucker ain't coming off the ground, let alone lift itself plus a person. But in the engineering world, the ratio between a craft's uh, thrust and its weight is called, you know, appropriately thrust-to-weight ratio. If it's less than one, the vehicle can't lift off. The Saturn uh, V rocket, it had a, a, a ratio of 1.5, something like that. So despite growing up in the South, uh not really a firearms expert, so to help with this question, I got in touch with another acquaintance I got in Texas to answer Rob B's question. It's fucked up. Everything's connected. I swear to God. Now, please, God damn it, don't try this at home. So as it turns out, the AK-47 has a thrust-to-weight ratio of about two. So that means if you stood it on its end and somehow taped down the trigger, it would rise into the air while shooting. This isn't true of all machine guns, though. So, like, the M60, it can't produce enough recoil to lift itself. So, uh, the amount of thrust created by a rocket or a firing machine gun depends on, one, how much mass it's throwing out behind it, and, two, how fast it's throwing it. So, thrust is a product of these two amounts. So, thrust equals the mass ejection rate times the speed of ejection. So if an AK-47 fires 10 8-gram bullets per second at 715 meters a second, its thrust is 10 bullets a second times 8 grams a second times 715 meters a second equals 57.2 N, which equals 13 pounds of force. So since the AK-47 weighs only 10.5 pounds when loaded, it should be able to take off and accelerate upwards. In practice, the actual thrust will turn out to be around 30% higher. The reason for this is the gun isn't spitting out just bullets, it's spitting out hot gas and explosive debris too, right? So you get your powder burns. So the amount of extra force this adds varies by the gun and the cartridge, right? So what does all this mean for our jetpack? The AK-47 could take off, but it ain't got enough spare thrust to lift anything much more than a squirrel. So I'd be like, so I'd be like, well, if one can lift a squirrel, we can just use more guns, right? You fire two at the ground, it creates twice the thrust. So if one can lift five, two can lift ten, you know, and all this. But but this is where we're headed, man. And you you sitting on a, a, a pad with, like, a hundred guns under it, right? You know, maybe not a hundred, but fifty. You're going to have to have fifty of the motherfuckers. More than that. Maybe I'd be, depending on how big a motherfucker you is. So, anywho, uh, there's, there's another problem, though. Ammunition. So AK-47 hold 30 rounds. In 10 rounds a second, uh, you're going to get three seconds of jetpack. The fuck is that? So we can, you know, we can get larger mags and all that, but, uh, there's no advantage to carrying more, about 250 rounds. So the central problem is fuel makes you heavier. So each bullet weighs eight grams. I mean, you see where I'm going here, right? So then we just got to go bigger. The GAU-8 Avenger fires up to 61-pound bullets a second. It produces almost five tons of recoil force, which is crazy considering it's mounted in a type of plane, the A-10 Warthog, right? Now, check this out. Those two engines only produce four tons of thrust each. 
So if you put two of those guns on an aircraft and fired both while flying, you would immediately, the plane would immediately fly backwards, right? Right? To put it another way, if I mounted a GAU-8 on my car, put the car in neutral, and started firing backwards from a standstill, I would be breaking the Internet speed limit in less than three seconds. I'm telling you, bruh, scientist. As good as this gun would be as a rocket package, the Russians built one to work even better. The motherfucking GSH-630 weighs half as much as the GAU-8 and has an even higher rate of fire. This thrust rate ratio approaches 40, right? Which means if you pointed one at the ground and fired, not only would it take off in a rapidly expanding spray of deadly metal fragments, but you would experience 40 Gs of acceleration. You hear me? We got mo a motherfucking machine gun rocket pack. We don't figure it out, bruh. It's the GSH-630. Don't try this at home, because uh, this is way too much. In fact, even when it was firmly mounted in an aircraft, the acceleration was a big old problem, right? The recoil had a tendency to inflict damage on the aircraft. The rate of fire was reduced to 4,000 around a minute, but it ain't helped much. Landing lights almost always broke after firing. Firing more than about 30 rounds in a burst was asking for trouble. But if you somehow can brace a human rider, make the craft strong enough to survive the acceleration, wrap a GSH-630 in an aerodynamic shell, and make sure it was adequately cooled, bitch, you could jump mountains. And that's Hoppy in his science lesson for y'all. Hey, what up, everybody? It's Hoppy. I got to talk about my fight, man. Uh, everybody on Twitter, you know, we done been laughing about it and all that, but some of y'all don't, don't fuck with us on Twitter, and y'all need to get on there and fuck with us for real, for real, because there's some crazy shit. Like, there's a, a fucking fight between Wendy's Pop-Tarts and, and Moon Pies going on right now, the Savage. And if y'all are missing that, then I'm sorry about that. It's fake. I'm trying to get in the shit. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Fuck y'all, motherfuckers. I eat y'all, motherfuckers. Not your food, neither. Assholes, cow. Anywho, uh, man, I'm telling you what, uh, I was a fighter when I was young. It was an every week thing. Uh, it fucks me up when I talk to people that's never been in a fight. I can't even imagine that shit. Uh, but, I mean, that's just, that's how I grew up. You know, I got, I got bullied when I was young and finally had enough and fucked all my bullies up and it's been fighting ever since. And, uh, it came to a point in my life when I started doing it inside the dojo instead of outside the dojo so there was no legal problems. But uh, fight is just a good part of my life. But I took the whole winter off and, you know, fighting and, and fitness and all that, it's a depreciating thing and it happens real quick. And uh, I tell you what, I'm out of shape bad. Bad. And, uh, you know, it's, it, this, this shit was a reality check that both I need to keep working out and not take breaks and, and I'm getting old. And uh, when I was young, you know, fighting that shit next day, no big deal. I might have a, a little bruise or a little soreness, but it ain't like now, man. 36, uh, so I, I quit my job. I was pissed off. I needed to fight, uh, and then lo and behold, like a goddamn serendipity, my old master from Krav Maga calls, and, uh, not, he was my second one, not my first one, but, uh, uh, that's a whole other story. But anyway, he called, got a new dojo and all that, because the landlord at the last place was fucking, it don't really fucking matter. He got a new place, wanted me to come fight somebody. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got you. So uh, we get down there, and uh, this dude's probably the same weight as me, but about two, three inches taller than me. So, you know, he's skinnier than me, but he has better reach. And, you know, tall motherfuckers got, their elbows can reach as far as a short motherfucker's fists and elbows are knives. Anywho, when we spar, we don't hit each other in the face. It's all grappling and body blows, you know, because we, we got to go to work the next day and all that. But it's still full contact, you know, go for it. And in Krav, we got a whole bunch of debilitating moves that'll maim you for life and kill you, and we can't use those. So, like, when you spar, it's a real weird situation. you got to trust the guy 
and uh you know not to use that and and trust yourself not to get pissed off and use those moves on somebody you know so you got to have a mutual respect but we get at it and it's body blows and we're both you know we're basically getting little shots in in the gut and on the side and all that and uh I go for it and get a guillotine on this motherfucker and I'm about to drop him and uh he tripped me and threw me down and now he's on top and I'm in guard on the bottom and he's throwing body blows and so I'm drunk uh I think I left off where I flipped him he was on top throwing body blows and I'm trying to get in anywho I buck him and flip him if I didn't say that and uh, so now I'm on top, and I'm throwing body blows, and, and he ends up bucking me off and standing up real quick. And now we both back on, you know, standing in fighting stance. And uh, I, I try to grab, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to get this motherfucker spun around in a blood choke, and I can't. And he ends up throwing me on the ground, and I'm talking it hurt when he, he popped me, man. And uh, so he get down there, and I... It's hard, when you grapple, it's hard to explain exactly what happens. But somehow, I almost got inside control. If You know, you can look that up if you don't know what I'm talking about in MMA. But I was fitting to get inside control, try to get him in a uh, paintbrush, also known as an Americana or whatever. And if you really do it, uh, you'll mess up their shoulder forever. Like, they'll never, it'll never be right again. You rip the whole shoulder goddamn apart. But when we're sparring, you just get them to where it's like, eh, that hurts, motherfucker, don't it? You better submit, and then they tap out, and we're good. Like, you don't, you don't do that to your, your homie. We're in the same dojo. You know, in the street, it's a different thing. But that's what I was going for. So I'm inside control, I'm trying to get that. This motherfucker sit up. I spin around him, and I got him where I think, I, I got this fake out move. And I've used it several times, and it worked in this instance. But uh, you're behind him, and you he's sitting, and it's like you're he's in your, not in your lap necessarily, but you get right behind him, and you're trying to get a, a blood choke. So you're both sitting, and he's, he's basically backed up on my crotch. And uh, so I go to, to where it looks like I'm trying to get a blood choke, and, and they're going to defend and throw their arms up when, they, when you try to go for a choke to break the choke. But I'm not going for the choke. I just want them to think it. So he throws his arms up to break the choke, and as soon as I do that, I let go of his neck, and I grab his arm, and I take my left leg, and I swing it over his head, and stop on the right side of his neck with my left leg, and I yank, and I got you in an arm bar, and I won, but it don't feel like I won, it's still a couple days later, and I'm I'm fucking hurt, y'all, I laid there for 10, 15 minutes after the fight, I couldn't move. I'm talking this motherfucker worked me, man. This <laughs> motherfucker. Them body shots. Oh, Lord. He fucked me up so good. My body said, we can't even digest no more. We got to work on what the fuck just happened. And uh I puked 11 times. I stopped four times on the way home and puked. I puked at home. It was a total of 11 times. And I laid out on my porch. I couldn't move. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When you're 36, man, fighting ain't the same as when you was young. So, uh... Really ain't no winners and no fights, really. Uh, you know, I, I prefer if America doesn't become the purge states of America. But I think all of you need to go and get some self-defense training. Yeah, this is serious. I think all of you need to go get some self-defense training, especially you women. Look, B-Rob been in the military. I couldn't whoop him. But 90% of America couldn't whoop me. I mean, B-Rob probably got 50 pounds on me. I mean, let's be real. I'd be seeing him on, in the Walmart videos. i give him hell. I mean, I might win on a fluke. But like he got that much weight on me, I mean that's that's a that's a that's a deadly factor. So uh, especially you women, 
you need to go get trained on how to how to get dudes in a position where you can kick them in the nuts so you can get away and run far away. Because I'm telling you, uh, you know, all kind of fucked up shit can happen. They, cities don't grow no food. All it takes is some idiot terrorists to blow up some trucks on the freeway or blow the freeways up, period, coming into a city, and, and then and there ain't no food. And we're we're literally nine meals, nine missed meals away from chaos, bro. I mean, I hope y'all realize that, man. Uh, we're, we're three days away of no food away from everybody killing each other. And I don't know when that happened. I hope it don't ever happen, but we in a weird climate where the, the goddamn media is trying to, to, to get Republicans and liberals to kill each other, whites and blacks to kill each other, uh, fucking men and women to kill each other. It's, they trying to, to cause division anywhere. And y'all start that shit, I'm going to the woods. I'm not fucking with y'all. I'm not killing people because I ain't racist and I ain't sexist for real. I mean, the feminists fuck me up in their war on men, and I talk about that on Twitter. But for real, for real, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Uh, and, and, and I ain't fighting in this shit. I mean, if somebody attacked me, it's one thing, but y'all start some civil war, I'm going to the woods. Y'all can fucking have that shit. I ain't getting involved. But, uh, cause I love all y'all. I mean, even, I'm Republican, but liberals, I mean, I disagree with y'all. I'll talk shit, but I'll party with y'all. I don't give a fuck. We can think each other's stupid. I love y'all. I mean, we're all Americans. We don't have to stand against all these motherfuckers. And, uh, it just is what it is. But go take you some lessons, man. Usually the first week in a martial arts told you free, but they'll give you a wake-up call, man. I mean, go take them lessons because you need to get – and I, it gave me a wake-up call because I, I don't want to get in a fight and then be, be laid out where they homie can just come stab me because I'm puking because I just got in a fight. I can get my ass back in shape. It's Hoppy, man. I'm out. Uh, welcome to stories from Hoppy's place of employment. So, I, you know, let me, I gotta give y'all a backstory on Louisville. Louisville used to be fucking crazy. I'm talking in the 90s. We had all these clubs, man. I'm talking Louisville was nuts. It was a party, man. It was crazy shit going on everywhere. <clears throat> And they closed all the good clubs, man. O'Malley's is gone. Have a Nice Day Cafe gone. Bar Louisville gone. Phoenix Hill Tavern gone. Jim Porter's gone. Toy Tiger gone. Petra's gone. Club X gone. Uh, all, I'm, have a Nice Day Cafe. They all gone, man. They all, it, I'm talking, it's fucked up. O'Malley's, uh, everything. They closed them all. And it, this, this city has been born for a long time. Well, we finally got a dance club back, right? It's a rave club, electronic dance music and all that. And I'm the sh- uh, I'm the night chef. I ain't the head executive chef, but I'm the night chef. They're running shit when chef ain't there. It's kind of like the sous chef. But, uh, so, it's a, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's raving and, and dancing and, and hot bitches everywhere. It's, it's fun running the kitchen, I'll tell you what, but, all right, I got a good story of these motherfuckers. So you got to understand there's a hole. There's been a hole. It's been boring. And we finally got, there used to be like 20 spots, and now we got one spot. But there was zero spots for a while. So these motherfuckers are going crazy, man. These motherfuckers, look, so there was this wrecked-ass car out back. This dude had this wrecked-ass car, right? And he is drivable. But him and the, the everybody, they fucked up. They were so fucked up. They all decided to attack the car. So they all out there beating on this car, right? They beating on his the, the owner of it's beating on it too. Okay, so it's 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 all legit. Like we don't need cop police. They all out there. I don't. They're fucked up. They're all beating on this car, his own car even. And so one of them, look, there's this big ass dent in the hood. I'm talking like like a, a triangle dent in the hood. I'm talking it was big, a pit. And one dude gets up on a picnic table and starts 
pissing on the hood, right? He's pissing on the hood of this motherfucker's car who's over here hitting, throwing punches in, on the gas tank door on, on the, the back quarter panel. And he's pissing on this hood. Well, I guess the other dude was oblivious because he's so fucked up. This motherfucker's running. He he does a ten yard a ten yard wind up run, right? <laughs> this dude's pissing on the hood. This other motherfucker do a ten yard wind up run, be right. And he jumps and does a flying elbow drop just like motherfucking Bret Hart in the old days, dog. Right into the piss puddle. I'm talking, dog. I was on my smoke break and I was dying laughing, dog. I said the only thing that would make this this more complete would it be if I had some hooks. The only thing that would make this more complete is if I had some hooks, rows, and spices to sprinkle on this motherfucker laying in the piss puddle with a shy look on his face. I'm talking his his face. He was shocked. He thought he was doing a funny funny running up and then doing a flying elbow drop like motherfucking hit man hard on the hood of the car he landed in a piss puddle motherfucking midstream on the picnic table. If I had hooks, rubs, and spices, man, I'm talking that shock look on his face that had been like, sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. <laughs> Hush your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh funky paws with a fresh funky beat. A family of paws that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,